And now, you're listening to The Green Zone on Blog Talk Radio. And here's your host, Julian Carter. Here we go. Go, go, Todd Bowles of blame, but I, I can't 
totally 100% dismiss at the coach who's supposed to be a disciplinarian who's, who, who was brought in because the other coach lost control of the locker room and lost control of the players and a guy who made them run gassers and sprints and everybody was applauding him for his disciplinarian actions didn't know that this potential thing was going to boil over and none of his staff, nobody informed him, none of the veterans, nothing. That's a problem to me. And this is an embarrassment to the organization. And it, it certainly isn't going to be a rallying point, in my opinion. And the other thing is this, is that Gino was supposedly going to have this make-or-break season, and now, no pun intended, it's, it's, it's kind of broken. You know, I first heard the news when you called me. You called me to tell me the news, and I couldn't believe it. I, I actually thought you were joking, but I could actually tell but in your voice you were serious. And, and I couldn't believe it's like, remember when the Tim Tim Tebow Circus kind of thing was all here, and we were the laughing, you know, that's what it was. The circus tent was up, it was all over. It's like it's back in town. It's like it's back in New York. The circus is here. All the, you know, back pages and front pages as well, for all the wrong reasons, all over NFL Network. Even here in the UK, it made our local sports thing and in our national newspapers, which obviously it is becoming a lot more, but it's not something that you'd you'd hear about, but it's obviously big news. And this is something I have never, ever heard of, and I can't believe. I mean, these are grown men. These are grown men, and I can't believe they've let it get that. I mean, it's, it's supposedly over nothing, over a plane ticket and refunding. Now, I don't condone violence, but I just can't believe that they couldn't, you know, this seems to be no communication to me. How can you just let yeah. it get to this point where you can just sit down and say, listen, you know, you owe me a couple of hundred dollars. Let's get it sorted out. No, I mean, there's a lot of reports coming out there between it, you know, this and that. We don't know what's true, what's been exaggerated, but I just can't believe that you're right, that nobody is altercated and let it get to this part. You know, where's the old line? Where's, the, where's the Nick Mangle and, and the Brickishaw Ferguson? How can you let it get this? And not only that, I mean, any player it could have been, but your quarterback, any player, and especially Gino going into this third year. I mean, this is make or break for this year. I mean, I was, I, you know, I see all this stuff, uh, you know, a season, you know, an NFL season takes so long to come round. You know, everyone, we've been ready for this since December, more or less, since the season was over last. We were ready for this this season, and all, all you could hear is this, and now he's out, uh, according to reports, he had surgery, um last night or this morning however you're uh, you're listening to that and you know he's going to be out between six and 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 ten weeks and you know now i mean it's the main people don't seem to understand this going on twitter and again putting your opinion out there it's like the people are burying their heads in the sand and they're not worried about it i am extremely extremely worried about the season before we've even we, we've even taken a snap, and and then I mean the, the quarterback. I mean, we're not fortunate to have you know a Drew Brees or a Tom Brady or like you look at our quarterback depth chart, and I'm already I'm already thinking the season's over before it's even started. I mean, it was a question mark to begin with, and this is where people have been listening to this and saying, hey, you know you're you're a downer, you're you know you you know we haven't even played a game yet. You know, I look at statistics and I look at what we've got. I also like to watch other teams and see what they've got and, you know, how they play football and how are their organizations and runs. You know, last last year, I made a prediction looking on this. This time last year, I was watching some preseason football and I saw the roster and I saw um, what kind of talent we had. And I evaluated the season and I put a prediction out there and I said, you know, this is going to be a terrible season. We were going to end up 4-12 and 12 and... I was right. I hated to be right. I wanted, I wanted to be 12-4 and four and, and be in the thick of the playoff race. And after all this you know, stuff, I just can't see us. I, I see us being the worst team in the league, and that's purely on personnel. All the personnel that we've got, all these players, are dropping like flies. You know, we've played, we're going to get into the preseason game, the debacle. I mean, what positives we can take from that uh, a little bit later on. But, but Dennis, you know, you're right. I've got cause for concern. And a lot of people are saying this and coming after us uh, when we've been put on Twitter. Uh, I want to get into the head coach, uh, Todd Bowles. Um, people are saying, well, if it's not, he's not, he can't hold his hand all the time, so it shouldn't be on 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 him, you know. But you're right about saying he's a disciplinarian. Ever since he's come in, 
It's just been completely the opposite, like nobody respects his authority. I know there was problems with Rex, but I never saw anyone get punched in the face or, or, or broken jaws or anything like that. Sure, Rex had, had his problems, and I don't want to be, you know, a Rex apologist. You know, he, he did a you know, fine job. He's now with the Buffalo Bills. But aren't you worried going forward? Yeah, well, here's the thing. Here's the thing, Julian. We, so, we spoke about this last week, about you being in England and about the Jets having this persona of being a joke. And, like, how you didn't like that. And I, I even said, look, I don't think it's deserved, but these strange things seem to happen to the Jets that make them a joke. And now this happens, and it's, it's not only here in the United it's all over the world. And that, that joke persona comes back. Here's another thing. The, the, we're talking about, again, see, people say to me, well, it's not Bowles' fault. And I'm not blaming him specifically, but what I am saying is this, is that obviously this is not a tight-knit team. This is a group of individuals. I actually went on our friends, Carlos and CJ's show in April. Okay, I went in April, and I went on. I went off. Those guys were very nice to give me the time. And I said I thought the Jets were going to finish last in the AFC East by what they had done. Okay, because what they did was they brought in a group of individuals, not a built a team. Now, look, you know, again, here's an example. And there is a double standard here about Sheldon Richardson. Well, he got suspended. It's his fault. He's got to be personally responsible. Geno Smith and I can they have to be personally responsible for themselves. You can't hold their hand. But you know what? There's two examples of when it was a double standard. Mike Goodson, okay, who got signed by John Idzik and ended up getting arrested. And that was John Idzik's fault. Okay? I never heard one person say Mike Goodson had to take personal responsibility for getting arrested and getting a six-game suspension. Okay? I only heard that it was John Idzik's fault. Same thing with Dimitri Patterson. You know, John Idzik was an idiot who didn't sign any, any secondary help and, you know, basically ruined the team. Okay? And Dimitri Patterson was his signing. He signed him. Dimitri Patterson decided not to show up for a game, decided not to play anymore, and the Jets released him. And, and, and you know what? John Idzik was blamed for that. Dimitri Patterson wasn't blamed. Okay, here's another thing quickly. People said, well, Todd Bowles, you know, he, he, he released Icahn and Polly right away. They released him. Wasn't that great? Look at that. that. That shows you something. Let me ask you a question, Julian. If Mo Wilkerson had punched Geno Smith in the face and broke his jaw, would Mo Wilkerson have been released as quickly? Isn't it easy to release a backup linebacker who's no, hanging well, on to your roster? Of course, of course it is. If Darrell Reeves had gone up to him and punched him in the face, I mean, it, it, there's no way that they would have released him. Absolutely no way at all. And I, I, I fully agree. And I, like I say, I'm very, very worried. You know, and like I say, I'm not trying to scaremonger or anything like that. But looking at everything that's going on, it just, it does seem like you know the circus is, is, is back in town. They're not a team, Julian. That's this is the problem. Teams win championships, not individuals. Everybody is infatuated with names. Here's why I was upset when. Uh, let me ask you the first question. Who's the general manager of the Jets? Mike McCallum. No, he's not. He's not. Woody Johnson is the general manager of the Jets. Okay? Woody Johnson is. Mike McCagnan would not be the general manager of any other team nor be a candidate if it wasn't for Charlie Casterly. Okay? These moves that they made, okay, their offense was terrible last year. Did they put $100 million into their offense? No. They went and stuck it in the – they brought back Revis and Cromart. They're trying to rebuild the 2010 Jets. That's five years ago. You know what? I have no problem with – than bringing in a new GM, a new coach, and they want to clean, out, clean house. But they didn't take a realistic approach. And you saw it last night's game. Right over there, oh, we have this great secondary. Oh, we have this great draft. Oh, we have all these weapons. Well, where were they last night in the game? And that Mike is- McCagnan is – let me just quickly do, go over this quick, Julian. I'll let you end the promise. Quickly. The last two years – I know Mike McCagnan was not the GM. The last two years, the Houston Texans have had um, 19 draft picks. Okay. 19. Out of those 19, one has really become a very, a very good player, DeAndre Hopkins. One. Okay? Last year, Javadian Clowney, the number one pick, didn't do anything. He got hurt. Now you see, you see, well, he got hurt. Well, you know what? Dean Milner got hurt, but that was John Idzik's fault. Again, the only thing I had to judge Mike McCagney on with his drafting is what he did in Houston, and the last two years have been abysmal. And don't tell me Alfred Blue is a good draft pick. Okay? I have no confidence that this draft, this draft, he got eight people in this draft, including trades. How many of them are making the team? I mean, Leonard Williams was invisible last night. Invisible. This, 
oh, best player available, great. I, I'm, I'm really, I'm worried, Julian, too. And, and the thing that makes me upset is that people think that I'm not a true fan. I'm so upset because I'm tired of this, and I see that not only have they used up all their money, oh, by the way, Mo Wilkerson still hasn't gotten the contract extension, but they gave money to everybody else, and I just don't see how they've really improved this team that much. In fact, I think they might be worse than they were last year. Well, again, I don't want to scaremonger and judge after one game. I'm not judging. I'm not judging on the game. I mean, the game didn't help last night. I'm not being a Debbie Downer. And again, people question my fandom. You know, I'm. A, you know me, Dennis, and people out there. You know me. I'm a diehard Jet fan. There's nothing I want more than the one the Jets to make the playoffs. And uh, you know, eventually, you know, if not anytime soon, the Jets, you know, to lift the Lombardi Trophy. You know. I I really do think, and I I don't mind putting statements out there, and I hope I'm wrong, and I I love it when people come at me and say I'm wrong because I want to be wrong. But the way I see and what I what I judge and the talent that I see on this team, and then I look around the league and people say, well, you can't compare the New York Jets to the New England Patriots who just won the Super Bowl or the Seattle City. Well, why not? Why can I not? Who am I meant to compare them to? You know, I look around this, and the thing that I I want to touch upon is. The, the wide receivers, right? We've got all these weapons, okay? We've got all these weapons. The only decent weapon that I see on the New York Jets is Eric Decker. Now, I, I like Curly as well. Curly, Curly's a good, good receiver. He, he's just a receiver. He's not, a, he's not a game changer. He's, he's a, you know, he's kind of like that. You know, he gets, he moves the chains. Every, every, every team has them kind of uh, players. Eric Decker is, is a, is a, is our, is our offense basically now. Now, people keep talking about Brandon Marshall, how he's great and all this kind of stuff. Last year, we, we, I think our, you know, we, I think it's, it's a downgrade of what we had last year. You know, Percy Harvin, who, oh, by the way, is now in the division over in Buffalo, and they are absolutely stacked at wide receiver. Absolutely stacked. And it, honestly, people keep talking about this, this great defense we've got with uh, Revis and Cromartie, Batman and Robin and... Um, our secondary, you know, stacked. I'm telling you right now, I'm worried about putting points up. This was our big thing that we couldn't do last year. What did we average on? 17 points. We were last night. We were the field goal offense. People tell me this as well. You know, what about you know? How come other teams? How can I see watch red zone and watch all the other players last night? It was it was preseason for them. You know, we we did nothing. You know, but it was preseason for the Detroit Lions. Yeah, they managed to put you know double double digit points up. I am I just can't emphasize the much on this team and how much it's fallen apart before it's even got going. I mean, the, the questions that are still you know going uh, going around about Gino and all this kind of stuff, the quarterbacks. I mean, they're trying to drag people off the street. You know, we've been linked to uh, Matt Flynn, I believe. Is that right? Is that right, Dennis? Yeah. Matt Flynn. Is yeah. Got, I mean. You know, why is I want to know this. Why isn't um, Tom Brady or, you know, Eli Manning, why can't we go and get them? Because they're not available. You know, these are, there's a reason why Rex Grossman and, uh, oh, you know, all these washed up, you know, people they just want a job. Matt Moore's and, you know, there's, I'm so, you know, you look at numbers, you go by numbers and you, and you can see. I, I am I am lost for words, and like I say, one one preseason game, everyone can start off bad, and everyone can have an off game, and people can say just preseason, no need to worry, let's go again. But I just I just can't see it. I just really really can't see. And I I, I make a prediction now, and I and I'm going to make them all along the season. And again, people emphasize, come at me if I'm wrong, and I want to be wrong, but I think we'll be the worst team in the league. And it's and I think it's before we've even got going. The season is falling apart, and you're right. You, you mentioned, you just mentioned about Woody Johnson. This all stems from Woody Johnson being impatient. You listen back to my last shows, uh, last the year before last, last year when when John Isaac was around, and you know I thought he finally got it with the way he was structuring stuff, you know, and and it's just falling apart. It's like sell sell seats, the sexy signings within bringing Revis back and all that. I, that's not the long term. That isn't long term in how you build success. I look around at the Steelers. You know, I want the New York Jets, my team, our team, every year to be in contention for the playoffs. That's all I want every year to be in the, in, in the contention, and not just being medi- mediocrity. You know, just you know, invisible. 
worst team, all the punts, all the jokes, and just want to stab at the playoffs. You know, that that's that's it's not too much to ask. I see other teams that year in, year out do it. Ravens, Steelers, Bengals. Bengals are another team. Fair enough, they might not be there, but they're there every year and they've got a chance. I want to see that from the New York Jets. And I just don't think that we're going to see it anytime soon. And the roster, the roster is, and you're right to question the GM because it ultimately falls on him and the personnel. You know, um, Sheldon Richardson, everything is just fall, falling apart. What are we going to do with the quarterback position? I mean, can you give me some numbers for um, Ryan Fitzmagic? I mean, we, we're going to have to see some magic because I don't, I just don't think he's got it in him. Well, he's. He, I mean, I just know as a starter, he's thirty-three and fifty-five. I mean, that's that's the bottom line here. I mean, again, Ryan Fitzpatrick was so good that the Houston Texans decided to trade him away, okay, when they have Ryan Mallett and Brian Hoyer as their quarterbacks. They didn't exactly have, like, you know, the, the young and up-and-coming quarterback to say we could let him go. So if, he, if he's that good that he can run the offense, that they would, they would have kept him. But, I, I, again, l- l- let me just say this, Julian. Let me say this. Uh, you know, I always say this about the Jets. 1998 was the best team that they had, in my opinion, that I've seen. Even better than the 2010 team that, that, that had a shot. But 1998, and they went to Denver and lost that game. They turned the ball over six times. And I remember, you know, if anyone wants to question my fanhood, I remember walking away from the place I watched it at. It was a little cold. out. It was December. And I felt, obviously, I felt a little discouraged that they had lost the game. But I felt like this. I felt like. You know, they let an opportunity slip through their fingers. I really believe they would have gone to the Super Bowl that year and won it. I'm like, boy, they really let an opportunity. Why didn't Denver turn the ball over six times against us? And we would have won by 50 points. But I said, well, maybe next year. Well, next year has now turned into 16 years later. Okay? And here's another thing quickly. You know, again, for John Isaac, for all his faults, and he, and he wasn't perfect, but when, when Mike McCannon walked in, the Jets supposedly had all this money. Right? All this money, right. like unlimited supply of money, an unlimited supply. Well, that money sure went fast. It sure went fast. And my question is if they're bad, if they have a bad season, what do you do next year? You can't spend another $180 million. You can't, you, you know, again, what do you do? And I just thought maybe, uh, I don't, you, you should have taken a more realistic approach. Why not go out and sign Jeremy Macklin instead of trading for a 31-year-old Brandon Marshall who's on the downside of his career? You know, Brandon Marshall, when he played for the Miami Dolphins and he had a mediocre quarterback, in two seasons he had nine touchdowns. In two seasons. Okay? I'm just saying that if Brandon Marshall is on the downside of his career, I would have rather them have taken a shot on Michael Crabtree. He's 28. By the way, he's burning up Oakland Raiders camp, by the way, just so you know. Um, I mean, again, I just think that they could have taken a middle-of-the-road approach. You want to bring in a couple of juice, in, juice up the crowd guys? Fine. Let's bring in some younger guys at certain positions, some younger offensive linemen. Let's get the offense up to speed, and then we're going to use our draft, and we're going to save a little bit of money for next year because DeBrickashaw Ferguson is getting older, and maybe a guy like Cordy Glenn or Russell Okun is going to become a free agent, and they're going to command big dollars, and we're going to need to replace DeBrickashaw Ferguson because he's got a lot of miles on him. Again, nobody wants to think in the future, and that's what a good general manager does. And this is why I don't like Mike McCagnan. Obviously, he doesn't care about the future. He only cares about right now because Woody cares about right now. And here's the problem. They have made themselves worse for right now and worse for the future. And I just, I just don't get it. And the other thing I don't get is this. They had all this money, right? They had all this money, which is now gone. They didn't use it to sign Mo Wilkerson. They didn't use it to sign Mo Wilkerson. He's obviously not happy. And one other quick thing, and again, this is, this is what happens when you, whenever you make a statement and people don't like it. I, I was remembered having in some chat with some Jets people, I said, well, why did the Jets trade for Jay Cutler? I remember, and I remember you doing some chats when you said you thought they were going to be 4-12, and 12, people calling you a troll, and this and that. Look, it's all right for me to say the Washington Redskins is going to stink. It's not all right for me to say the Jets are going to stink, even though I'm a fan of the team, and I don't want them to. Okay, but I said, what about Jay Cutler? Uh, Jay Cutler, he's a bad locker room guy. I'm sorry, Brandon Marshall's a good locker room guy. He's been traded by three teams. He's been nothing but problems in the locker room everywhere he's went. Jay Cutler, here was my thought. Instead of signing Darrell Rivas, you sign Jay Cutler. Now, again, I know he has his faults. I'm not saying he's perfect. But you had the money. You bring him in. He gives you a puncher's chance. He might, he might, he'll throw 30 
two touchdowns. He might throw 25 interceptions. He might. He might throw 20. We don't know. But he'll give you a puncher's chance. Have him come in a year or two. Then his guaranteed money runs out while you groom another quarterback. At least you'd have a puncher's chance. Jay Cutler would be the starting quarterback right now on the Jets if he were here. But you know what? They instead decide to go out and put all their money into their secondary. That's mostly what they did. And signed an older David Harris. And you know what, Julian? Watching that game last night. Let's get into the game last night. Because I had enough with the – because, again, it's starting to unravel. The injuries. I mean, maybe Todd Bowles doesn't know how to run a camp. I know Rex had some injuries, but he never had injuries like this. I mean, Devin Smith, the weapon, the guy who was going to take it, he's out. Dean Milner got hurt. Antonio Allen's out for the season. Now Jason Morrow's hurt. I mean, all these injuries and practices, it just, it, Wilkerson got hurt. It just seems like a lot of, maybe he's not running his camp right. Maybe they had to run sprints because Todd Bowles isn't running his practice efficiently. I don't know. Again, this is the first time head coach. We're going to have to see. And from last night, I wasn't, I wasn't very impressed. And what I'm saying last night is he just, the first team didn't play well. The second team didn't play well. The third team didn't play well. And the fourth team didn't play well. The Detroit Lions, who are, in my opinion, a middle-of-the-road team this year. Okay, uh, they, lost, they lost players. The Detroit Lions absolutely came out and stomped on us. I don't want to hear it's preseason. I don't want to hear it's preseason because you know what? Preseason carries over in the regular season. And I, I agree with that. The, uh, the Jets lost in Detroit to the Lions 23-3. to you know, the Jets there with a field goal offense, and that was it. And, again, you emphasize on the team didn't play well, and we all know that the teams can have, you know, they, they just have them one of them games where they don't seem well. But it just seems to be, you know, every year for the Jets. And people will make that statement. Oh, it's just preseason. You know, chill out. It doesn't mean anything. You can go 4-0, and all, and it doesn't count anything. You're right. But it's always good to have that rhythm going into the season, you know, everyone wants to win and you want to, your mechanics, everyone has that vanilla playbook, but they do but it just seems that the vanilla playbook for everybody else scores points, but the Jets doesn't, it's like they, they stuck on you know, they, they stuck on page one, and I, I, want to, I, want, I want to see them be able to put points, I want to be, see the receivers, you know, the quarterbacks clicking with the receivers, I want to see the defense in stop instead, you know the, the, the uh, coach uh, Bowles emphasizes that they're going to have to work on, on, on tackling and wrapping up and such like that. I mean, it's just the same old story. You know, when are they going to, when are they going to get it together? This is the, people tell me that this can be the, one of the best defenses. You know, this is one of the best defenses on paper. Well, you don't play games on paper. It isn't fantasy football. Well, we've got Darrell Rivas and Antonio Cromartie. Well, didn't we have them back in 2010? You know, we, we, we didn't win, you know, we didn't do, we didn't win the Super Bowl then. I just, you know, these players are getting older, and it's time to get younger. And you, you touch upon Nick Mangle getting older, the Brickishaw Ferguson. You know, this team is getting older. Uh, David Harris and such. You have veterans on the thing, but what about the younger guys coming through? And and you and then we, it's like we're going. It is like Groundhog Day. You know, back in what was it, 2011, when when we had all these cap issues and the cap problems, we didn't have any money. You know, this is this is what it seems to be again. I mean. My question is to you, was there anything good to take out of that preseason game? Is there anything positive to take out on it, Dennis? That it finally ended? <laughs> that it finally no, ended. No, no, there was, there was one player that there was, I, I, I will say one player that stood out a little bit because at least he, he made a play uh, where he said, okay, at least he, he, and he, he stood out a little bit, was Lorenzo Molden. He, he had a sack. He actually got called for a very t- – very, which in my mind wasn't a penalty. Very poor call by the official for hitting the quarterback. You know, you put your pinky on the quarterback, it's a penalty. He kind of bull right. rushed a little bit. He, he, he went to the edge, bull rushed the uh, tackle, you know, used a combination of speed and strength and made a nice play. And I would say that that was the one area where I said, okay, this guy at least stood out on, on this play. And there was one on the play where he came in unblocked. Missed the quarterback, but at least he was there. Okay, we'll give him credit. We'll give him credit for that. But other than that, really, here's the problem, Julian. Here's what I want everyone to understand. Okay, you you could like 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 Marcus Gilchrist, and I I I I, I want to talk about the secondary for a second. The Jets played the Cleveland Browns the first game of the year. Okay, right. the Cleveland Browns had one of the worst. I think it was the worst run defense in the league last year. The worst run defense. They led the AFC in interceptions. They're free safety is a guy named Tayshawn Gibson. He led the AFC in interceptions with six. Our free safety, Marcus Gilchrist, who everybody talks so great of, 
oh, we have a true free safety. He's great. Well, he looked like garbage last night. Marcus Gilchrist in four years has five interceptions for his career. Tayshawn Gibson had six last year. They have Joe Hayden at the cornerback, who is very comparable to Darrell Revis, okay? A very right. good cornerback. They have Tremont Williams, who's a veteran guy from Green Bay. Pierre Desir, who's a nice nickelback. Justin Gilbert, I know, who hasn't lived up to the eighth overall billing, but, you know, he's still got talent. And their safeties are Dante Whitner and Tayshawn Gibson. To win that game, people will say, well, we've got to get rid of this ground-and-pound mentality. First of all, to win that game, you're going to have to run the ball. Because throwing the ball 35 times a game against that secondary, which is probably better than ours. Their safeties are definitely better than ours. Let me put it that way. And the corners are comparable. Okay? So throwing the ball 35 times in that game is not a recipe for winning. So you better be able to run the ball. You better be able to run it. Otherwise, you're going to turn the ball over, and you're going to lose. And here's, here's a statistic I want to, I want to give everybody, okay, that, that, that goes to show um, the, about you know, ground and pound and this and that and, and, and what, what the importance of – and I bring this team up a lot. The Dallas Cowboys threw the ball last year 476 times, okay? The New York right. Jets threw 498 times. The, Dallas, the Jets threw the ball more than the Dallas Cowboys did with Tony Romo and Des Bryant and, Trima, and, and Trent, uh, Trent Williams, uh, I'm sorry, um, Terrence Williams and, and Cole Beasley and, 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 and Jason Witten. All, all these weapons that they have, right? They have a legitimate number one receiver, Des Bryant, not, not Brandon Marshall. Okay. But they threw the ball less than the Jets. Well, they, they also ran the ball and they were one of the most teams officially running the ball. But they had 328 completions. The Jets only had 287 completions. See, they were much more efficient throwing the ball when they needed to. They also had 37 touchdowns to 11 interceptions, while the Jets had 16 touchdowns to 15 interceptions throwing the ball. By the way, the only one team that had less touchdowns throwing the ball were the Jacksonville Jaguars. And the Jets were last in the league in scoring touchdowns and first in the league in kicking field goals. My point is this. You can have a ground-and-pound team. Look, the Seattle Seahawks won the Super Bowl two years ago with a ground-and-pound team with a serviceable passing game. Russell Wilson is a, is a playmaker. Now, last year, maybe if they had continued ground-and-pounding it, they would have won that game. But my point is this. You don't have to throw the ball 600 times to be successful in this league. You don't have to. But you can't get in. And this is last night. It's indicative of last night. Once they got down the field a little bit with the first-team offense, I'm like, they're not scoring a touchdown. They went fourth and one. They got it. Then – Three plays, up, kick the field goal, and that's what's going to happen. This team is going to be the three-and-out field goal offense. They're always going to be playing from behind, and they're always going to be behind the eight ball. And, again, talk about turnovers. Teams that play with leads get turnovers because the other team starts to press. Correct? Even if it's Correct. a four-point a few, a few series. Oh, oh, we're, we're, the clock is ticking a little bit here. I've got to make something happen. Maybe I'll force this ball in. Whoops. Again, I just can't see – how the Jets are going to be successful and have and, – and the other thing is this, and I'll, I'll let you come in, Julian. I appreciate the time. I want to talk about team speed for a minute. Not, not individual speed. Not Devin Smith. By the way, a lot of guys in this league are as fast as Devin Smith. Stephen Hill actually ran a faster 40 time at the Combine. I think Phil Dorsett, who plays for the, uh, the Baltimore Colts, the Indianapolis Colts, ran as fast as, as Devin Smith. But anyway, we'll see how Devin Smith pans out. I'm talking about – Team speed. I watched the Pittsburgh Steelers play the Minnesota Vikings, and, and after watching that game last night, I'm like, my team moves about half the speed as the other team. They're talking as a team, as a unit. On defense, 11 guys flying to the ball. I see bodies flying all over the place. Ryan Shazier went flying into the hole. He's a, he's a linebacker for the Steelers and knocked the running back down. like He came in like a bullet. I'm like, he could have had a cup of coffee before David Harris showed up. That's what they're lacking. And this is why the Pittsburgh Steelers, again, the Pittsburgh Steelers were 11-5 and five last year. Their secondary was a mess. Their secondary was a mess. They were 11-5. and five. Don't they want to go to the Super Bowl? Why didn't they sign Buster Screen? I mean, they see him twice a year in the division. Sign Buster Screen. Sign Darrell Revis. Sign Cromartie. Sign Marcus Gilchrist. Fix your secondary. You want to go to the Super Bowl, don't you? And, and, and worry about the money later. Push it off because you want to win the Super Bowl. And these guys are going to get you there. The Pittsburgh Steelers didn't do that. They, they, they traded for one guy, Brandon Boykins, this, this, just a little while ago. But the point is this. Maybe this is why the Pittsburgh Steelers have six championships. Maybe this is why. Maybe this is when they traded 
okay? Santonio Holmes to the Jets. The Jets got one season out of him. Oh, and by the way, the Pittsburgh Steelers got Antonio Brown in return, who only led the league in receptions and yards last year. Again, the, the rule book in the NFL is the same for all the teams. And my question is this. Why do some teams seem to almost always have success while other teams fail? It's because of decision-making. And I just feel, again, my team is behind the eight ball going into this season, and it's unraveling quickly. And I have a bad feeling that it's going to fall apart fast. And we're going to be, unfortunately, sitting there after week six going, what, let's take a look at the 2016 draft. And I've got to be true to myself because that's the way I feel, Julian. So it is the way I feel. And, again, I don't want people listening to this and saying, you know, this, we can only uh, give our, you know, analyze what we, you know, what's in front of us and what we see. Listen, I, you know, I can't emphasize as much as I want the Jets, just like Dennis, diehard Jet fans. And like I say, I encourage you guys to get in touch. And, and down the lines, I want to do live call-ins and such like that and get views from, from all you guys uh, and such like that and, and, uh, and come at us and, and such like that. But, I, you know, I, I've, got, I've got to agree with everything that Dennis says. You know, it comes down, he's right, to the de- de- decision-making. You know, do you want a quick fix? Are, are long term, and it just seems to be the quick fix for me. You know, it doesn't these, work. I mean, it doesn't work. You're right. It doesn't. It doesn't work. If it worked, and, if it worked, the Jacksonville Jaguars, who have 35 million dollars in cap space, would spend it again. If it, if this worked, if this worked, it's just going out and spending money, Julian. I'm sorry to cut you off. If this worked, every Daniel Snyder would have four Super Bowl rings. Okay, every team would just clear out their salary cap, go out the next year, and sign a ton of free agents. Julian, answer me this question. This is why I was upset, because this building strategy has ultimately not only led to failures, I mean, fa- complete disasters. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers have tried for years to build a free agency. It now they're trying to that? the draft. It never worked. Yeah. Tell me a team that was bad that the next year went and had, went to free agency heavy and was good the next year. Now, don't tell me the Kansas City Chiefs and the Houston Texans. The Kansas City Chiefs went from a bad team to a playoff team because, A, they got Andy Reid, B, they brought in Alex Smith. That was the guy that they acquired. The rest of it was mostly their team. They had six Pro Bowls on that team that went 2-14. and 14. The Houston Texans, the same thing. Mostly changing coaches and the personnel that they already had. They didn't go out and spend $100 million on revamping all their, their whole team. This strategy not only doesn't lead to short-term success, it deserves a short-term failure and long-term failure. That's my, my my point there, Julian. I'm sorry to cut into you. No, like I said, they're all they're all valid points. I just want to um, just quickly ask, what, what what did you make of uh, our number one pick um, last night? How do you think he did? I, I don't know. I I don't remember seeing him, so I don't remember well, seeing that, that, him. That, that answers that answers that question. Look, like I say, you know, we go again next week. We can analyze this, but you know, for everything that's happened this week, and it's took you guys by surprise as well as it took us, you know, it just seems to be, can we just make the, the headline for the right reasons instead of the wrong reasons? And it just seems to be a bit of deja vu kicking in once again. Again, I don't want, I hate, I hate comparing us to the Patriots because I hate them. Oh, believe me, anyone who knows me, I detest them. But you never see these problems in the, in the, as soon as they just get fixed as well. You know, all this... Um, no, no Julian, no. They had a murderer on their team, okay? A convicted murderer. But, you know, it doesn't matter because they win. It doesn't matter. They're not a joke because they win. They're not a joke. We're a joke because we're not winners. I'm sorry. They've had plenty of things that have gone on. They've brought in, they've brought in plenty, of, plenty of – they've had plenty of things. But they're winners. This whole I'm cheating cheating. thing – Yeah, winners and cheaters, it, it, it doesn't seem to matter. You cheat, you win, it doesn't matter. You know, here, here – uh, I mean, I don't want to compare uh, – again, I, I loved it. Don't get – don't get me wrong. I loved it. Like when the Jets won that game against Cincinnati in the playoffs in 2009, Mark Sanchez's rookie year. I mean, I had a friend of mine over who, you know, we kind of we kind of become friendly. He lived near me, and he came over the game. I mean, I grabbed him, and I tackled him, and I threw him to the ground. I was so happy. I was so thrilled. He he always reminds me of that. He's like, I got to stay away from Dennis because Dennis. I mean, that's the kind of that's what I want to feel. You think I want to feel miserable about my team? You think I want to go into the season and say this team's going to be bad? I mean, even my wife has said to me. I, I, and she's not. A, she's, a, she's a big football fan, but not like doesn't do like I do. I said I have no enthusiasm about this year. I just feel they're going to be bad. She's like, I just this is just the way I feel. And, and I'm sorry. Well, and I, I, got, I got a question for you, Julian. So I just got a question for you. I mean, why should I feel optimistic 
about Ryan Fitzpatrick. Ryan Fitzpatrick has been in the league Ryan since 2005. Let's get his name right. Ryan Fitzpatrick. Okay. He has been in the league since 2005. Okay, and Brandon Marshall too. I don't know. I think I don't know the year he came in. Maybe it was 2006. Both of them have been in the league a number of years. I know. I know Fitzpatrick's 2005. I'd have to look Marshall up real quick. But um, how many times have they been in the playoffs? Um, I have no idea. Try zero. Zero. They've had zero, zero, zero. playoff Brilliant. appearances. Brandon Marshall's been in since 2006, correct. He was fit. Neither one of those players have ever been in a playoff game. And, and I really got to look more at at Fitzpatrick, Fitz, I'll call him. That's his name. Because he's a quarterback, and quarterbacks control more more than anything. But again, people say to me, well, look at our offense. We have Brandon Marshall, a true number one receiver. Well, let me give you his numbers from last year. 61 receptions for 721 yards. And people say, well, he was injured. Well, what makes me think that he's not going to be injured this year? He could be just as injured this year as he, as he did last year. He's now 31. He's like, well, he's had six Pro Bowl appearances and all these things. But, again, the Miami Dolphins, when he had a mediocre quarterback, I mean, 2010, he caught three touchdown passes. The over-under for Brandon Marshall's touchdowns should be four and a half. And I'll take the under. Again, Brandon Marshall's here to score touchdowns. Forget about his yards, okay? Because he can have a 1,000-yard season and score four touchdowns. They're not doing anything. But I just don't, again, I, I just don't believe when the field, this is what the defense is going to do. They'll let you run the ball a little bit. They'll let you move the ball. But then when that field gets tight, I just, I just don't see their red zone efficiency going up. And touchdowns win you games, not field goals. Here's something interesting I'll bring up. And again, I hate the Patriots. And, and, and the Baltimore Ravens had two 14-point leads on the Patriots in the playoff game, in their own building. Two 14-point leads which they blew both of them. With Darrell Revis on the field, by the way, again, Darrell, the Mike, they gave up 31 points on their home field with Darrell Revis on, on there and Bill Belichick as a coach. But you know what? They were able to come back from a 14-point deficit. Do you think that this Jet team can come back from a 10-point deficit? Well, no, I don't. They can't come back from a 7-point deficit. You know, this is the biggest worry. And like I said, we'll touch on it more in the season. And like I say. Um, you know, I, I don't want it to be a Debbie Downer show or, or stuff, but, you know, just to, to the fans out there that do, like I said, support us and, and, and the show, I've I've seen a lot on Twitter as well, and I've seen a few people unfollowing um, the, the account because they don't like what, what we've got to say. And again, you know, if, if I were to put on the Jets are going to be Super Bowl winners, you know, everyone would be retweeting it, and, and that's great, but... You know, people keep calling me negative as well, and it's not good because of negative energy. And like, I suppose, you know, like I've got something to do with it. I don't want them to yeah. be. I don't want it to be bad. And I keep saying this, but it's true. I keep finding myself trying to explain it. You know, as the season goes on, we'll get a bigger picture. But the most important thing for me is that we kind of get it together and we stop all these um, fights and, you know, uh, get, get everything together and start winning. And we'll go again next week. I believe it's against Atlanta. Am I right? At, at home. And, and we'll, yeah. we'll see what's going on. But I, like I say, you know, I, I'm just, I'm very, very concerned. You know, I don't want to, I don't want anyone to be, to be worrying. But it, surely if you saw what I saw last night and what you saw, Dennis, and what's been coming out, you've got every reason to be worried. I don't think we're going to look at the season and say we're going to start, uh, yeah, we're ready, we're ready to roll into the season. We're kind of limping into the season. Uh, but, Julian, go ahead, finish your thought, because i got one, one important thing that I really want to get out, and I think this is, puts it in a nutshell of what we're talking about and why we're, we're – again, we're not always going to be negative about everything. We're going to try to look at some positive stuff. I said Lorenzo Molden. He looked – I, 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 I want to be, like out. I said, objective. That's all we want yeah. to be is objective. I know, like I said, people are going to be listening to this and great fans of ours and say, you've changed your tune and such like that. I'm just going off what I think, my personal opinion. You, you, everyone else has got their opinion. And I, what I want is I want people to voice their opinion. And like I said, there's Twitter abuse and, and such like that. Fine, whatever. I'm, I'm kind of over that stuff. I, I, like I say, I, I want us to have a compromise and come on. And like I say, down the line when the, when the um the season starts is when I want to start opening the phone lines up and letting you Jet fans, you know, uh, talk among yourself and and, uh, and let's let's have a a dialogue. A conversation. Let's, get into let's it. have a conversation. Yeah, let's, have, let's keep the conversation, you know, going. And hopefully, this is just a blip, you know, and, and, and we get it together, you know, and, and strive strive for the playoffs. 
it's one game gone. You know, let, let's try and be optimistic and move on. But go on, uh, let's uh, get into your last point. Here's the thing I want to get to, and this is what I ultimately want to see, and this is where I don't think the Jets are now or will be after the season's over, and this is what concerns me. This is what I've been waiting for. I'll give you an example. Two teams last year that finished with identical records, both 7-9, and nine, the Cleveland Browns and the Minnesota Vikings. Here's the difference. The Minnesota Vikings, in my opinion, have a very good chance of making the playoffs this year. They might fall a little bit short. But the arrow is pointing up on this team. Their fan base is excited. Teddy Bridgewater, you, you know, he had this real nice stretch down the end of the year. He showed a lot of promise. Again, he has to take a step forward. But they, they brought in uh, so, uh, some weapons, you know, uh, uh, Mike Wallace and, you know, Charles Johnson. And they, they got their de- Mike Zimmer's running that defense. And, look, they have a pretty decent team. They play in a tough division. But you know what? I'm going to tell you, they're going to be right in the hunt. I wouldn't be shocked if they got in as a wild card. I don't think they're better than Green Bay, but if I was Green Bay, I'd be looking over my shoulder. And even if Minnesota falls a hair short this year, the arrow will still be pointing up for them. The arrow will still be pointing up because they're a team on the rise, and they're a team you've got to watch out for. The Cleveland Browns, the arrow is pointing down. I mean, their offense doesn't scare anybody. I mean, I think the Jets can definitely win that first game. They better because their offense doesn't scare anybody. I mean, Dwayne Bowe? Brian Hartline, Robert Hausler, I mean, uh, Josh McCown. I mean, the, the arrow is pointing down for Cleveland. I would be shocked if they went seven and nine again. And after that, what's their long term? I mean, they, again, you want to talk about drafting quarterbacks and Geno Smith is a bust. He was a second round pick who was considered the number one overall pick at one point, just like Teddy Bridgewater. And Minnesota said, "Hey, look at the value we're getting. They won the sweepstakes. We lost." But the Cleveland Browns took Johnny Manziel. Remember that? Boy, how yeah. does that work out? How about, the, how about the Buffalo Bills taking E.J. Manuel? First round picks. How did that work 15th out? 15th you know, overall, that way, wasn't it? Yeah, it was 16th, I think. But, it, but it's, it doesn't matter. It, it doesn't matter. The point is this, is that the, the arrow is pointing down for the Cleveland Browns, in my opinion. And I think, what's their long-term future like? Does anyone think they're going to be good? Except for maybe diehard Cleveland Browns fans? I want my team, no matter what the record is. I don't, I don't, I, no matter what the record is. Obviously, I want a winning record. But I don't want my team to be 6-10, and 10, and then next year think, well, they're going to be 6-10 and 10 again. I want the arrow pointing up and saying, you know what? My team has a legitimate shot to be good next year and the year after and the year after. And maybe you make a five- or six-year run where they are actual contenders. And don't tell me that this is a championship-caliber team. Don't tell me that this is a playoff-caliber team. It is not. I've looked at a number of rosters, the depth on the other rosters, the everything. I'm sorry. I, can't, I, got, I got to look at it like I'm a Knicks fan. I can't say the Knicks are making the playoffs this year. I'm sorry. I just don't believe that the Jets are good enough. And here's my only hope. Here's my only hope. If the Jets do stink, and again, I hope I'm wrong, maybe I'd love to eat nothing but a big crow sandwich. I will come on here and eat a big crow sandwich, Julian, and so will you. And I'll say I'm an idiot. I'll say it right in front of everybody. But if they do stink, if they are bad, if they're under 500, say, I don't want them to be 5-11. and 11. Be 3-13 and 13 and get that franchise quarterback. Let's hope and pray that they get a high – if they are bad – that they're bad enough to get a guy that can be a franchise quarterback. Because you know what? I'll take one garbage year for the, that guy that could give me that 10- to 12-year period where we can now build a team around a quarterback instead of the, the team carrying the quarterback. And, again, this is why losing Sheldon Richardson was so big, because someone said this to me once. Well, well, well you know, what, what about the, the Patriots? They, they might not put up with Sheldon Richardson. They might cut him. I said, because the Patriots have a Pro Bowl quarterback as much as I dislike him. He carries the team more than the team carries him. doesn't mean they have a terrible team or they don't have any talent on the team. I'm not saying that. He still needs a good team around him, but he carries the team more than the team carries him. In this case, the team's got to carry the quarterback, and right now they just don't have a good enough team to carry a quarterback into the playoffs. I, I think what's more important for me personally as, as a Jet fan is this is probably uh, one of the most exciting years um, of being a Jet fan because they come in on my home turf to play it at Wembley in October and I'm going to be there covering the game. And I want, I'm, not, I'm not talking about just being there as covering the game. I'm the fan myself, right? I, I want to see my huh. team. I want to see my team be competitive. Ultimately, ultimately, if I'm being honest, I want to see them stomp all over. I want to see them win. That's what I want to see. If they win by one point or 500 points, I don't care. I want to see them win. How they win, but the win will clear, I don't care. I, I want to see him victorious. Yeah, and, and I just, 
that's all I want him to be is competitive. Each year, that's all I want him to be, competitive. And I'm just worrying that what I'm seeing now, I hope, like I say, I'll come on here and, and I'll, I'll, hey, I'll hold my hands up. I just want him to be competitive. And I want to be so wrong. And I want everyone to start pointing fingers and saying, because yeah, I'll take it all day long. All day will I take it. I don't like I don't like being right, and I'm not being arrogant. Or I, I'm not coming. To, if I do come across as that, that's not what I'm trying to do. I'm not trying to say, hey, you know, I was right or whatever. I, I want to be I want to be totally and utterly wrong. But like I say, it's coming to that point where we're going to wrap up the show um, for this week again. I, I just want to stress and thank you everyone for uh, downloading and such. It seems so good that you know the fans are, are, are still with us and still downloading. We've got a lot of. You know, positive. You know, uh, press for people saying that we we we're, we're uh, so pleased that you're back and um, we're filling that spot, whether we're in the gym or at work and such or on the phone. And again, we'll get the uh, we'll get it on multiple um, you know devices where you can download, whether that be iTunes, Stitcher, Podbeam. I've never heard of, but I will look into it and I will get the show on Podbeam. You can also help us out. And you can follow us on Twitter. And uh, don't just hit the follow button. You know, give us a tweet. Let us know what you think, whether we're right or wrong. Like I say, I'm not afraid to come out. I just, I just ask that you're, you know, there's no need for abuse. You know, you can come at us and stuff like that. But there, there I, you know, I can't be doing with it with the abuse. I just won't respond to you. You, you know, you can, um, you know, we're all in this t- together, and I want to make it a fun journey. I want to make the show fun as well. What me and Dennis have got lined up for you, you won't find anywhere else. We are unique. We're not. If you want to go and listen to a, um, a podcast where you know where you know everything's uh, hunky dory, you know what I mean. Every smiles and everything. There's plenty out there. You can go and find them. Yeah, this is the only podcast where you're going to get real, real talk and be realistic. Yeah, we ain't going to get it right all the time, but we're not going to be far from it. Stick with us. Spread the word. Download us. Download it on multiple devices. That really helps us out. We're going places. We're going to take you guys with us. And, and again, just remember that we're fans just like you are. And the reason why we don't get big fat paychecks, this costs us money to do. But you know, we want to we want to do it because we enjoy we enjoy it so much. But until next time, we'll speak to you real soon. Thank you to um, my co-host Dennis Agapito. We'll talk to you next week. <laughs>